represent the views of Radio Free Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thank you for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Hey, happy Mother's Day to you all. Today is Mother's Day, right? And we are all going to celebrate. But before I get into the show, let me do my housekeeping. Let me put my glasses on. That would help. Okay. All right. They're still promoting this concert because it hasn't come up yet. Radio Free Brooklyn is proud to present four amazing bands at an outstanding local venue for an evening of rocking music. Join us on Friday, May 20th at 730 for a night 
with the seventh grade girl fight dirt bikes, barrette, and Castle Black at none other than Ridgewood's own Bar Frida, 801 Seneca Avenue. Tickets are $10 and can be purchased at the venue. I also want to give out the call number to the studio. The number is 718-673-8201. That's 718-673-8201. Because I have been neglecting to give out the number and I should get out, give out the number for those of you who might want to call and say something good, bad, or indifferent. I'm open to everything. So I gave out the number. So if you want to call, you can call. But getting back on today's show. Yes. Happy Mother's Day to all. And this is a day. This is the day that we pause to give thanks to our mothers, our moms, our mamas, however you call her for all that they have done and continue to do. We give thanks to those who whose mothers aren't with us anymore because some of us are celebrating this day and our mothers are not here, but we still thank them nonetheless because they made us who we are today, right? And today, I want to give thanks to all women, those that are mothers and those that are not. We give thanks to women because at some point they served as guidance to someone's child, even if it wasn't their own. I'm sure there was a woman out there that gave advice to someone's child. So we want to thank them, too. We want to thank God for the women that he created that answered the call to help in rearing children. And now let's let's just make this clear. We know that children are loaned to us. They're tiny little packages of promise given to us to raise as soldiers for the Lord. Children are here to fulfill their purpose. Contrary to belief that children are here to pass you the remote and to get you water. That's not what children are here for. They're not here to be a little mini slaves. They're here to fulfill their purpose <laughs> that God put in them, right? The purpose that God placed in their hearts from the time that they were in the womb. And you could recall, I've spoken about the seeds. We spoke about seeds here weeks ago on the show, that everyone comes here with a seed. And it's up to us as parents, as mothers, to nurture that seed so that the child can develop to the glory of the Lord. And now today, it's interesting. I heard that we're celebrating Mother's Day, but Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, it's their month this month, and they celebrate Parents' Day. Koreans celebrate celebrate Parents' Day. So they put both parents together in one day, which makes sense because we have Mother's Day, Father's Day, but actually it's parents that are raising the children, right? So happy Parents' Day to all of you who are celebrating Parents' Day, Mother's Day to the rest of us that are celebrating Mother's Day. So as a mother or as a parent, we raise, we water that seed until it becomes a full-grown adult. 
right? And then when that child is grown up, we transition to praying for that adult, keeping them covered in their walk with God. And although all of us might not be mothers, one thing that we do all have in common is that we all had a mother. All of us at one point in time, we had a mother. And the act of mothering, or should I say, the opinions held concerning mothers can different can differ dramatically. And this view is mainly due to the relationship that we might have had or did not have with our mothers. Like today, today, it means different things to so many different people. We have different understandings concerning motherhood. And it's because of that relationship that we either had or we didn't have. And because of that relationship, the subject of mothering can be very touchy when you talk to some people. Because today you'll say, happy Mother's Day. And some people will be like, oh, happy Mother's Day to you too. Are you a mom? And then the conversation will go on and on and on and on. Or they might say, oh, no, I'm not a mother. But, you know, happy Mother's Day. On and on and on and on. Some, you might say happy Mother's Day, and you get an eye roll. I don't know why she's calling me a mother. I ain't a mother. Who told her I had kids? But true talk, true talk. And I only say that because yesterday, I forgot where I was, but it was a group of women. I forgot, was it in the rest? I was somewhere. I can't remember. I think it was when I walked into, it was, I was walked into a store for something. And it was a group of women like five of us there. And, you know, we were all, we were just having little eye contact, you know, little banter back and forth. And when I left the store, I said, happy Mother's Day, you know, to all you women. And the look, one woman said, oh, thank you, you know, thank you. Another one looked at me like, hmm. I was like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said happy Mother's Day. But, you know, you just... You just say it because you never know who's what. And you just want to acknowledge those who are if they don't get to hear it, if they're not celebrated, if they're not appreciated or if they don't feel that they're not appreciated or, you know. But the look I got and that's what made me say what I just said today, because I was really I was like, whoa, okay, so let me, you know, let me keep my let me reserve my happy Mother's Day to to uh, those that I know are mothers and keep it moving. And when you try to give advice, this brings me to another thought. When you try to give advice to someone that's a mother, depending on the woman that you're speaking to, you'll either get, oh, thank you so much. I really needed to hear that. Or all hell could break loose. Some women don't want to be corrected with anything. And the reason is because what they hear is that they're not being a good mother. That's what they hear. When you try to give advice to some mothers, what they're hearing is I'm not being a good mother. But that's not necessarily the case. Because, okay, first, if we're going to give correction, we must do it like in the book of Colossians. We must... Speak with grace, seasoned with salt, you know, say it in a way that we all can be receptive to what's being said. But on the other hand, can I tell some of you some something? Some of us do need advice because we don't know what we're doing and we're not doing it right. 
Some of us need guidance. And you can get that from people who have raised children before. And it's not saying that when you hear what they have to say that what they're saying is the gospel. No. They just happen to be giving you something that worked for them. And it's not saying that it's going to work for you. And look, there's no shame in not knowing what to do when it comes to raising children. Hey, I get it. I raised a son. Actually, I raised a couple of sons. Kids don't come out with a manual. And most of it, you're learning as you go along because, because, and this is the unique, special part of it. Every child is different, just like every person is different. Even within the same household, you could have three children and all three of them will be completely different. And you have to embrace their uniqueness because everyone is unique. And cookie cutter parenting doesn't work. What will work for some won't work for others. Like, Okay, just as an example, I'll let you know. Like I said, I've raised a couple of sons. My son, the oldest, he was the type, very sensitive spirit. He's a sensitive soul. So he didn't need to be chastised. He, if you just told him something once, he would listen and be like, okay. He would be like, okay. And not to say that he doesn't have a spirit where he could be hellfire if he needs to be. Yes. But his overall demeanor, if you tell him something, he's willing to listen and he'll take into consideration what you're saying. That's how he was growing up from a little boy, from a little child. He never had any temper tantrums in the street, never, you know, screaming out loud to get his way to cause a scene. None of that. Actually, when he saw kids acting like that, he would look at them sideways and then look at me like, what is their problem? Why are they acting like that? Two other boys that I raised, the middle one, he was another one like my older son. He, you know, you can talk to him, didn't really talk back much. He would try to test you, but he wasn't to the point where he would really test you to where it would make you lose your hair. The youngest one? battle ready. Every time you say something to him, you better have your armor on because you're about to fight. You are you are about to fight. That one spirit was like, hmm, you ain't telling me nothing. I don't hear nothing. I don't see nothing. Leave me alone. From little, from when I say little, like three years old, little battling. And to this day, when I see him now, we laugh about that. We laugh about how rebellious he was as a child, but because that's just what his spirit was. Sweetest, he's the sweetest young man now, but still has that little rebellion within him. But when they're children, you have to know how to deal with each one of those temperaments so that they can get the best and then grow up to be the best that God wants them to be. So I say that to say, those who don't want to have, you know, those that don't want people to give them advice when raising their children, just remember what Proverbs 12 and 1 says. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. And I'm reading that from the Bible. That's what God said. 
And if you're not teaching them the ways of God, then actually you are doing it incorrectly. You're doing it incorrectly. And that's because we wrapped up, if you recall, those who follow the show, we wrapped up our series on relationships and we concluded with children. And those of you that might have missed any of my shows, you can catch them on Radio Free Brooklyn, Spotify, or on Apple. We spoke last week about the principles that need to be instilled in a child. And I was saying how when you don't instill those principles into a child, then you're doing, a, you're doing them a disservice for when they grow up to be adults. And we have to remember that it's an important assignment that we've been given when it comes to raising children. And I can tell that some of you are doing it incorrectly just by the way that you speak to your children. Because the Bible clearly states that it's okay to discipline, but you don't want to break that spirit. And some of you speak to your children in the street like as if they're strangers that stole something out of your bag. Seriously, seriously, sometimes when I hear when I hear someone speak in a certain way and I turn around and I see that it's a child that they're talking to. It makes me like gasp, but I have to I have to contain myself and not say anything. Because that could end up in a fight, you know what I'm saying, because a lot of people, they don't want you to say anything, but you have to be savvy. You have to know you have to know how to talk to a child. And I, I get it. I get it. Like that little third child that I told you had me sometimes where I was like, mm, let me walk out the room and count to 10. Because if I don't, I could just snatch this little one up because they're so tiny. And then they're standing in your face and they're being so defiant. But you have to know how to. Hmm, let me just walk away from this. And a lot of it comes from your own level of maturity. You knowing how to navigate your own life when it comes to dealing with other individuals. Because when you think about it, children are just tiny indi- tiny individuals. They're just tiny people. So if you look at them like they're tiny people and the same thought pattern that you would use with a person that gets you angry, you'd be like, mm, okay, let me walk away. Let me take a deep breath. Let me try to approach them another way. You can use that same psychology on a little tiny person that's trying to run circles around you because and because you have the advantage over them because most of the time, you know more than them because you've been here longer than them. Although some do come with old souls, so they come here like they've been here before. But for the most part, you know more than them. So you could outwit a three year old without breaking his arm, without spanking him into submission. There are ways that you can Get that child to do what you want them to do. But remember, if that child has that certain spirit, you have to learn how to work with that spirit because you don't want to break it because they God put that in them for a reason. You just have to know how to tailor it to make it develop into the right spirit that you need it to be. So what else do I have to say for mothers? Oh, most important part. Not every woman is supposed to be a mother. And I'm not saying that to make it seem like women shouldn't have kids. 
What I'm saying is society, society has put a burden on women to make them feel like if they don't have children, then, you know, they're not fulfilling their purpose. But that's not true because God blesses those who he wants to have children. And in the minds of some, they don't want to have children, right? God has called those who are to be parents to be the best parents that they can. Because remember, it's a special assignment. So with it being a special assignment, with that comes responsibility, meaning that you have to be ready to step into those shoes and fulfill that assignment. And if you're not, don't do it. If you're not ready to have a child, don't have a child. It's not, It's cute in the beginning to think about, oh, you know, I'm having a baby. Babies are a lot of responsibility. And in order to be a good mother, you can't be selfish. When you make that decision to become a mother, you're saying, in other words, I'm willing to give up the rest of my life for this individual. True story. At least 25 to 26 years, depending on how long they stay in college. But you're always going to be a mother. They're 50 years old and you're always still going to worry about what's going on with them. What are they doing? Are they safe? Even when they're out of your home, you still constantly are thinking about that child. That's why you you move from the state of raising that child to praying and covering that child to make sure that the walk that you instilled in them, instilled in them, and the way that you nurtured that seed that God placed in them, they are now able to do what they need to do out in the world. And it is a complicated assignment. So your whole life is intertwined with this individual for the rest of your life. So where you may think it's cute in the beginning because you're buying all these cute little baby clothes and you're dressing them up like little mini me's or whatever you want them to look like. The novelty of that wears off quick. Because other responsibilities come along as they get older and there are other things that you need to be doing with them. You have to be able to show them love. First Corinthians 13 and four and eight. And we always use this for weddings that love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. But can I tell you something? That right there is the definition of what a mother is. The same way we always quote this at weddings, for husbands and wives, we should be quoting these for parents to their children because love is long suffering. And you do have to not behave rudely. You don't seek your own where I said you can't be selfish. You don't provoke the child. And we learned that last week. We don't think evil of the child. We rejoice in the truth and we believe all things, not to the point where we're like our child can do no wrong. But when you know how to balance and that's another thing too, parents, you can't always think that your child is right. 
Nor can you always think that your child is going to be a rocket science either, a scientist. You can't. You got to nurture that seed that's placed within that child to what it's going to be. And you know what? He may just be the best superintendent there is because he treats all his employees with love and kindness. See, we always look at someone being the best because of the position they may hold or the amount of money they may make. But that's not the way God sees people. That's not the way he sees them. Of course, yes, he blesses us, but he sees, number one, he looks at your heart to see how much you love one another and take care of one another. For me, I could say being a mother has been an experience. It was, it's been a blessing in my life. I was blessed with a beautiful, precocious little boy because he was way ahead of his time. And he turned out to be an amazing young man. And I don't speak of him often. And I, I didn't speak of him often when he was growing up either. I never, I was never one to brag on my child. And I guess because I'm never one to brag on myself. To me, I always looked at it. If it's for you to know, you're going to know. Something that you need to see, you're going to see. When you encounter me, when you encounter him, and that's the way he is now. If you encounter him, it's because you needed to encounter him and what you get from him was meant for you. Right? And the thing about it is a lot of women, a lot of women, when you think about it, you, when you have that child and you're carrying that child, everything that happens in your life, how you're feeling, what the conversations that are around you, they they are taken in to the child. They develop all that that they see, they hear, they feel, all that that you go through, that child go throughs as well. So goes through as well. So it is so important that when you are pregnant, you have to take care of yourself. And that's why they say take care of yourself, like with not smoking, not drinking. Yeah, those are the obvious things you don't want to do because you don't want to harm the child physically. But it also means your mental state. Your mental state as well affects the child. Because I remember when I was pregnant with my son, I would, I was always reading, you know, at that point, because I was like, okay, God, I'm having this kid. You got to help me raise this child. Because I know I don't know what I'm doing. Yes, I had sisters that had kids. Yes, I had my mother. Yes, I had all of that. But I knew that I wanted him to know the Lord as well. So I would always read and, you know, just be praying over him all the time. You know, I needed help. And I was actually pregnant when I was in college. So there were some classes, you know, when you're pregnant, you want to fall asleep. I don't care what time of the day it is. There's a certain time. There's a certain like one of the trimesters that you go through that. I don't care what you do. You can't keep your eyes open. You could have slept the night before, but that day you just can't keep your eyes open. And it seemed like never failed. Every time I had my math class or a science class, I was falling asleep. Because, of course, math and science, I never really cared for those subjects anyway. So even if I weren't pregnant, I probably would have wanted to fall asleep. But that just gave me that extra boost to fall asleep. And do you know my son, obviously, I wasn't paying attention too much. I mean, I was paying attention enough to pass the class, but he was really paying attention to everything the teacher was saying. His scholarship, when he got a scholarship to, to college, it was in mathematics. That boy whiz when it comes to math, science, whiz. He, was always be, he would always 
do some type of experiment that I would just walk into my bathroom and then I would find these experiment studies. And I'm like, what is this mixed up in this jar? And he'd be like, oh, I'm trying to see the effects of. And I'm like, okay. The first thing in my mind is like, do I have anything in here that could be an explosive? If he puts it together, we're in trouble. So those things I had to keep out of his reach. But everything else he would want to experiment and do. Whiz when it comes to science, whiz when it comes to math, he just has that mind that his brain just picks up quickly. And I'm sure it had a totally a lot to do with the fact of because he was listening in the, in the classes when I was asleep. And my final thoughts on mothering is raise, just totally raise your child to know the Lord. Pray with them. Pray over them. Pray over them when you send them out to school. That's what I used to do with him all the time. Anoint them when they leave out the house. I know some of you probably have adult children now, but you've probably done this when they were little. And those of you who have little tykes, do this with them. Do this with them. It all goes back to training up a child. Because remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you teach them how to pray to God and let them know that they can speak to God about everything, they'll continue to do that. Even in their little quiet times by themselves, you'll hear them talking to God about whatever it is that's on their mind. So you let them hear you praising the Lord around the house while you're cleaning or let them hear you say thank you, Lord, when you're thankful for something going on, even if it's just for the day. They see those things, they pick up those things, and then they will in turn mimic those things when they become adults. Let them see you singing along with gospel music and you'll be surprised how all those little things play a major role in their life when they become an adult. And as the Bible told us, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that all begins from when they're little. So happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I know I gave a whole mouthful. I know I gave a whole bunch of stuff, tried to stuff it all in one thing. But you know what it is. You take your time. You do your best. Do not rebuke correction. Even if you don't want to follow it, hear it out. Because although it might not pertain to you today, that might be something that you can use tomorrow. And it's something for you to draw back into and be like, oh, yeah, I remember when someone told me this. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. And with that, it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like.
loving care for me when skies were gray. Whenever I was down, you were always there to comfort me. And no one else can be what you have been to me. You will always be. You will always be the girl in my life for all time. Mama. Ooh, too much. 
Brush your hair to the side Kiss you on your cheek I wanna stay up all night Making sure you breathe Oh my God, what a gift He has given me Yeah, I brought you into this world And I'm sorry it's a little bit crazy But I tell you there's so much good the future looks a little bit hazy But you got me and him have a promise And he'll give us everything that we need So have faith, hope, and love Faith, hope, love, repeat Watch you dance in the rain I hope it never stops Whatever tomorrow brings I hope it brings you joy When it's all too much Hold you in my arms Yeah, I brought you into this world And I'm sorry it's a little bit crazy But I tell you there is so much good Future looks a little bit hazy. But you got me and him, I promise. He'll give us everything that we need. So have faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. But there will be days when you lose your faith. And there will be nights when you give up hope. Disappointment and pain, and you flirt with the shame. So you call me from the end of your road. And I'll give Sorry, it's a little bit crazy But I tell you, there is so much good Though the future looks a little bit hazy But see, God, be here and I will promise You'll give us everything that we need So have faith, hope, and love Faith, hope, and love Repeat Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. So, given that today is Mother's Day and we've been keeping it 100% from the beginning of the show, we might as well continue an Op-Ed, correct? So, How can I not, with it being Mother's Day, how could I not talk about the Supreme Court leaking that email about Roe versus Wade? Now, Roe versus Wade was a landmark decision made back in 1973 
by the United States Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States protects a woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restriction. So now, when I hear that, when I hear that, that put like that, well, I didn't go into do the whole research for Roe versus Wade because as far as I can remember, it's always been Roe versus Wade. From the time my understanding, by the time I came into an understanding, women could always have abortions. I didn't live in the time when women weren't able to have abortions, so I didn't, you know, I didn't have that reference to hear where people had gone through things or women would say, yeah, I remember when. No, I didn't know that. It's just always been. People were always having abortions. They could have them. Clinics were everywhere. You would see them as we were growing up, going to school. You would see them. But I'm sure all the callers, I'm sure all my listeners, those of you that are up this morning listening to me, you all have your own personal thoughts about it. I'm sure. And if you want to call in and voice it, you can. The phone is open. 718-673-8201. 718-673-8201. But I understand you might not want to as well. But my thing of it is, first of all, I believe there's something else behind this. It's more than just pro-life. Because they've been screaming pro-life forever. Forever. So, I guess they had to wait for the the seats to be on the court to get it to be changed because you needed those justices that were there because the justices that ruled that it was okay back in the 70s, I think the vote was like eight to one or seven to two, something like that. But now the vote that they're saying from this leaked email that came up is going to be like five to four. And we know that there's nine justices. So... They needed a majority again in order to turn it back. My thing with this is, yes, we know God is about life. We know that God is about preserving life. No one should have the right to take a life. All that we know, because we say that all the time. But here's where I have a, here's where I, I question this. If you're going to go back to following biblical principles, then you have to go back to following all biblical principles. You just can't pick and choose the ones that you want to go back to. Like right now, all this time, they've been waiting to have the seats on the justice on the court to get that majority so that they can reverse the ruling that was made in 1973. But if you were really about biblical principles, you would have been taking on the issues that didn't need Supreme Court overturning or did not need Supreme Court precedent to make it so. There's so many issues in our society today that can be corrected. If you're saying that we are supposed to do things by a biblical principle. So why, why did you have to wait just to do this one 
when there were so many others that you can do or could have done or can still do? And had you started with those? Here's a thought. Had you started with those, maybe by now you would have so much momentum that when it came to reversing Roe versus Wade, the tide in the country would be so that they would already be on board because of everything else that they've seen being changed to follow the way of the Lord. And some of them, some people I hear that are screaming, they're not even screaming pro-life. Because, see, and that's the thing that's so conflicting with this issue. Some of it is not even because biblically it's wrong to kill a fetus because it has a heartbeat after a certain amount of time. A lot of it is just choice. A lot of the argument is that women should have the right to choose. So some people are just with the women should have the right to choose. Forget about, they're not even thinking about the fetus part. And then you have the other ones that are just only thinking about the fetus and they're not thinking about the right to choose. So this whole thing of, because you'll hear you have pro-lifers and you'll have pro-choicers, I guess if that's a word. So you'll have people screaming pro-choice, pro-choice, and then you have people screaming pro-life, pro-life, but they're not necessarily one and the same. So it's almost confusing as to, okay, well, what is the real reason why, A, they want to overturn the decision? Why do you want it now to not be that women can't have abortions? Is it because you want to take away the right for a person to choose? Or is it that because you really do want to save the life of that fetus? So I'm I'm trying to understand the whole concept of what this is. Because like I said, the pro-life and the pro-choice, those those groups, they're not necessarily intertwined. They're like when you used to have the circles and here we go with that math class. When you used to have the circles in math and you'd have the circle and you'd have another circle, but you'd see that they overlap and that part in between, one of the circles would be pro-life, one of the circles would be pro-choice. And then that little part where the circles intersect would be the two of them where they meet together. But it was never one circle in the other circle. So I'm really trying to understand and what is the whole what is the whole big what is the big concept behind? What is this driving? What is this really leading to? Because then on the flip side, let's look at the other side of the coin. Say we don't reverse it. Or say no, let's say that they do because right now we're living in a world where it's where it's not. Say they do reverse it. Say where they they make it where Women can't have abortions and each state gets to decide where you can and they could throw you in jail if if you do it. And if you go to another state and do it and then come back home, they can throw you in jail because you broke one of their. What does this now open up to everything else that people can say? Hmm. Well, we don't like the fact that that's happening. Let's make enough noise and change that, too. What does that now? Where is this going forward when, if we're talking about rights and we're talking about the rights of women, if you're taking away that as a right, what other rights of individuals are you now going to start looking on the books and saying, no, that's not right. We don't think that they should be able to do that anymore. Voting. We know voting has been a 
a hotbed of contention. They're always redrawing lines. So now it could be, you know what? We were able to reverse Roe versus Wade. Let's just go look at that civil rights bill and see exactly what's in there. Mm, You know what? Mm. Maybe we don't want it to be like that anymore because I don't feel that. I don't think it should be that way because. And then they find a point to make it where they are valid in them wanting to change it. And I'm not. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying, just think about that. What are the implications of them reversing this this decision that was made in 73? What are the implications? Are there other things we have to now worry about that, ooh, they might put it up there to get reversed as well? It's just something to think about. It's really just something to think about. And we need to think about it seriously. But those of us who are following God, we follow his principles. Our number one prayer should be, Lord, you see what's happening in the land. Collectively, we all need to be saying, God, we know that your hand is in this. We're not sure what it is that you're trying to show us. If it's to bring us back to you for your guidance, for your interpretation of what should be, then lead us in that direction. That's what our prayer should be. Lord, what is your direction for us? And yes, give us give us the steps to follow because we know we're the ones that have to put all this emotion because we are your representatives here on the earth. So give us, give us what we need to do. Tell us what we should be doing so that we can now do it so that everything that you want to go forward will now be the law of the land. And that ends up, Ed. Today's word. Is this the first? No. Okay. I'm a little confused now. Let me see. Today's word. Our word of the month is. Our word of the month is discord. (laughs) Disagreement between people. Who knew that this word? Well, God knew. He knew this was going to be the word of the month, right? Because ever since the month came in, we've been jumping in discord every day, right? So the word of the month today is discord, the disagreement between two people. And our promise for the week is Coming from Hebrews 7.25, therefore, he is also able to save to the utmost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And with that, I say everyone have a blessed, happy Mother's Day, Parents Day. I thank God for the little beings that he put in my life for me to rear up to be mighty warriors, mighty men of God. They've all grown up to be that. They all love the Lord. They all follow in the Lord's steps. And I, I'm so thankful for that, Lord, that you helped me to rear them to be the best that they can be. I say Bless all of you. If you're spending time with your moms, have a good day. Those of you that are moms, enjoy your day. Celebrate yourself. And until God brings us together again next week, peace.